Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwick's Candles, sickwicks.com. You can get all of your Sickwick soy-based candle needs taken care of at sickwicks.com and between now and February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, you can save 25% at sickwicks.com. Do it today. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line. He's on the show for, I believe, the second time in as many months, if not uh, at least in the last three months, we're having him on again. He works over at, uh, at Kawasaki. He's changed jobs recently. Where we first met him as a uh, mechanic for Joshua Grant. But uh, Travis Perry, back on the Big MX Radio podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me again, man. Hey, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to talk motocross with you. You're a guy who knows the sport really well. You've been surrounded by it for uh, a long time, both as a as a competitor in your youth and uh, a race mechanic for uh, some of the sports top guys, uh, working with Josh Grant as well as uh, Tyler Bowers when he was filling in on uh, Factory Cow. And now you find yourself... Uh, uh, directing traffic over at Team Green, uh, putting these kids in the best position to be successful. So, uh, um, what's new and exciting in the world of uh, of, of Travis Perry? Uh, we just wrapped up the West Coast run of the Supercross Futures uh, last weekend in Oakland. Well, I guess it wasn't last weekend, but the weekend before last in Oakland, yes. um, we did the three rounds in a row and. Uh, the guys crushed it. it it went really good it was pretty fun absolutely i think this is a great opportunity for a lot of uh, young athletes to get their feet wet in supercross i know a lot of kids are kind of champing at the bit to uh to do exactly that um but also this was sort of a a program that was th- thrown on to uh all amateur programs uh, sort of late um like as far as like when it was announced and and what events were going to be uh, put in place how does uh, team green juggle that when basically uh, Supercross uh, says uh, not in the 11th hour but damn close to it that there's going to be uh, X amount of events and, uh, and and now you've got a host of athletes who all want to attend yeah it wasn't I mean it was put on us late we knew that they were going to do it uh, we didn't know which rounds and then they were kind of they are trying to figure out which like how they were going to make the A class guys earn their Supercross uh, license so it was basically on AMA I guess is who it would have been to work on how they get their license and all that stuff and then um, the only kid that we have eligible to get his license is Seth Hamaker uh, so yeah it was I guess I don't know probably December we found out the ones that we had to do and at that point he was uh, still hurt uh, from a shoulder dislocation at Minio's right so it was kind of a push for it was kind of a push for us to get them on the West Coast swing, um, but it it was easier for us logistics wise rather than getting bikes for them to go back east and for us supporting them out there. So uh, luckily, he had a couple days on the bike. Um, we flew him out and then did the three rounds, and he ended up getting his points in the first two. So it, it worked out really good. Absolutely, and, and some valuable experience. Um, I'm not too sure if you were in attendance uh, 
not this last year, but the I guess it was last year when they first did the uh, um, the basically amateur day for Supercross A2 track was extremely tame. Uh, I wouldn't really call it Supercross as much as it was in the stadium. I think this year they've changed a little bit of the layout. Um, what are your thoughts on how those those events are being ran and uh, having these kids? Um, young and uh, and also there's some some older guys uh, guys our age that are able to to line up as well yeah. uh, how is this being uh, sort of uh, received by the riders and, and just kind of dipping their toes into uh, something that that replicates pretty legit supercross yeah I mean it as far as like our ride like as far as Seth and uh, Styles who is in B class I mean these kids they're they're the top amateur athletes in the united states and the world so for them like they can ride a full-blown supercross track and you wouldn't like you wouldn't think that they're kids you'd be like that dude's legit you know yeah yeah so uh when we go to these amateur races they obviously got to tame it down because they got kids on 50s and then they got vet classes so they got like 40 year old dudes out there that want to ride in the stadium and it's cool like it's cool that they give people that opportunity to to do it um, but as far as like full blown supercross experience, I mean the track is uh, it's a it's, bit of a shell. I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's easy for like our guys, but it's definitely um, it's definitely not supercross. Like we ran moto suspension, just cranked in, and and it was fine for them. Um, it's it was good. Uh, as far as they got to race a lot of the other fast guys and they kind of got to like learn like full corner passing and and just kind of like racecraft stuff I guess you could say is what it was really learning rather than like learning how to ride supercross because these guys these kids can just go jump on a supercross track and look good to go like they could go line up at a1 yeah, well, it's amazing these kids, and they're on a supercross track, younger and younger and younger now. I uh, I venture to guess, like a kid like uh, um, Ryder Di Francesco, who uh, he he's probably got just as much time on uh, on a supercross track than a lot of the current privateers that uh, that spend their time at Milestone and stuff like that. The kid looks super at home oh. on those tracks, yeah. and uh, not to mention how uh, uh, lights out fast and just straight up. Um, like angry, some of those super mini engines sound like he's got more oh, yeah. power to weight power to weight ratio than a, a few of the two uh, fifties uh, out there do. Yeah, no, he's uh, Jet Reynolds has a facility idea, up yeah. in Bakersfield. Yeah. yeah, and that's like their Styles, Jet, and Ryder all from up there. So I mean, they have a full they have a full blown supercross and then a really good outdoor track and then i think they have like another turn track or something up there but i mean this kid's facility jets i think he's 14 right now uh but yeah he's got a full-blown facility full supercross track and i mean the kid can ride supercross every day of the week if he wants to and he can ride outdoors so these kids are on a full-blown supercross track from the time they're 12 and so, like, when they get on the big bike, they're like, oh, sweet, now I can go three into this rhythm section instead of going two. <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> yeah, they don't forget how, and they give them a little extra power, yeah. That's yeah, it. it's it's pretty wild. Like, they're, the kids, both Jet and uh, and Ryder, 
I mean, they they crushed it. They pretty they won all their classes, uh, and then in super mini classes where they're together, they're one two pretty much every moto. And so, like as far as they go, they have way more access to a super cross, like a full blown super cross track than I would say anybody else really. So we had another kid, uh, Chance Hymas, who's from Idaho, and he really doesn't have that opportunity. Um, and it's cold up there and he doesn't get a ride as much as those guys do. The kids uh, insanely fast when it comes like Loretta's time. Cause he finally starts getting to ride like in the spring and summer, you know? Yeah. So like you could tell that Oakland, he was a little rusty, um, compared to, to jet and, and rider. But yeah, it's just when you have, when they have that access at such a young age, they just look super comfortable on a technical track oh yeah like the, the kids are dialed in they spend the time um what's the process as far as uh like a- approvals for um maybe you can't really get too much into this but when it comes time for those kids to like for ordering parts like they say wants a super cross suspension for a super mini like um like is, are they sort of uh governed a little bit on how much time they're able to spend on that stuff just for the fact that you have uh putting wear and tear on uh, on super cross suspension for a uh, uh a top flight super mini might be uh sounds expensive after a while uh yeah i mean as far as like the mini bike kids goes it's uh like they they go through pro circuit really and they don't really go through us here at the shop okay so it's not um it's not i guess regulated super hard but what they're really hard on is uh transmissions okay like on those on the mini bikes and then so like that's them riding supercross like they go through a lot more motors i would say just transmission wise but i mean we can't tell them like hey you can't ride supercross like you can only ride motocross i mean it it, they can basically ride whatever they want and we're not there to like govern it so um as far as like big bikes go like styles and um seth uh the only time really where we're like yeah you need to come ride supercross is before monster cup and then these amateur supercrosses and even these amateur supercrosses they didn't really even ride supercross because it's not that gnarly so yeah it's it's almost like uh, riding supercross might actually kind of screw up your rhythm uh for um what you'd expect on those particular race days kind of a throws a wrench into things um so is that from from that perspective um when it comes time to earning your supercross points um especially nowadays with so many guys uh, just like coming out for outdoors rather than coming into the a, a, as a full blown rookie in Supercross. Um, what's your What's your opinion or what's your thoughts on guys having to go get their their Supercross points? Like, I wouldn't assume that like say say a kid like Styles uh, comes out at, at uh, Hangtown or, or races the full series in the outdoors. Uh, like he's not still expected to go get uh, um, his Supercross points even if he has. Uh, like say if he has a national number rolling into the following season for Supercross, is he? Yeah, no. Everybody has to earn their Supercross endorsement. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, yes and no. Uh, like I kind of like there's all the kids that are on a supported team can go race Supercross, no problem. Um, like skill wise, they're they're there, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's good for them to go out there and, and race each other in in a less 
competitive environment as going to A1, I guess you could say. Right. Um, but yeah, so now like they got to get six points total and one through five pays three points, six through 10 pays two points. So, um, most of the guys got it done in two weeks. Most of the, the top kids got it done in two weeks. And then there was a few that had like a bad moto and had to go to Oakland. a third one and, and stuff. But, uh, it, I think it's good just cause it kind of weeds out some of the kids too, that, are like on the bubble that maybe shouldn't get a license because there was there was like 80 something entries in the futures class at these three races and you would go to it yeah you would go to a heat race and i mean there was kids like i don't know a whole lot of the the amateur scene yet just because i haven't been around it in a while but I mean, there was a lot of kids that I've never even, like, seen or heard of before. Yeah. And when you see them, like, go around the track, you're like, I don't know if this kid's even in A class. Yeah, and you're so scared it was, for their lives. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of sketchy because then you got, you got, like, Pierce Brown and you got Jet Lawrence and Seth and uh, Swole and, like, these kids that are ripping. And then you got this kid that's, like, struggling to get over – like some of these rhythm sections and it's it was sketchy like there was some sketchy times and then once it gets into the main event where it kind of weeds all those kids out it wasn't bad but i don't know i think they need to do more of a qualifying uh type deal next year just to make it safer for the guys instead of lining them up in a heat race and being like all right here you go and then send them all uh, yeah i think you're 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 on to something so, there but as far as like racing wise like i think it's good for them to race in a stadium with other fast dudes and get that experience do gate drops in a stadium get used to the echoes and like and how tight things are and just the whole environment i guess is good for them hey big mx listeners thanks for listening to this episode check out these commercials support our sponsors we'll be right back to the show thanks for listening Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome and you, you pop some crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's gonna make your garage smell better. It's gonna make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're gonna love these candles and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now, enjoy them, and you're gonna love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? 
Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1, and the full array of market-leading products. Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. We're going to do whatever we want, and if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. If you're not, we're still going to do the thing. I can just let go. Put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll. It's not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said, that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down. I did it my way, and it's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her, and I've got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realizing let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of the people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. Just an ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This Fast House crew is going to break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. 
Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice session, sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey, guys, this is Johnny Louch from the W Training Facility, powered by Crosley. Head over to Matera and enter Team W and get 15% off. The product's amazing, you'll love it. And uh, thanks to the support of Big MX Radio Broadcasts. Love being on the show and talk to you soon. Well, from that, like uh, for a guy like uh, Jet, like obviously he's been at uh, uh, a number of uh, races over the past. He's, he's won the, I believe he's won the uh, Monster Cup at least one time uh, and, and looking to yeah. likely uh, be back there, whether it be on a Super Mini or a 250F uh, in the future as well. Um, but for some of the newer riders that you guys have under the tent that don't have as, as much experience uh, in stadiums, what's their uh, what, what kind of feedback do you get from these kids as far as um, what they're prepared for, what they weren't prepared for, what's changed for them, what are they having to handle? Um, I, it's hard to say. Like they're stoked on it uh for the most part like i think the kids on the mini bikes think it's pretty rad like uh as far as the track layouts i think they're better for more like the 85 super mini yeah. group um yeah. that's kind of what the track i would say is geared towards um and they're it's it's cool for them and then you get kids like like seth and uh styles that are a little bit older they've been to monster cup multiple years they've They've raced in front of 40,000 people on national television. And it's just kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say just another race. Like, they still think it's cool, but um, it's not as much of, like, an awe factor. It's like, as for Seth, you know, he was like, I'm here to get my points. Like, this is my job. Like, yeah, I have to get business. my points. So I can, yeah, so for him, it was more of like a... I'm here to accomplish a task and that's all I'm here to do. So, um, and then for like style styles, was just doing it for experience for next year, just to kind of feel it out. And then next year he'll be in the a class and he'll have to go through the futures to get his license. So, so as far as be good. kids racing in the a class, like if you race in the a class for the Supercross futures, that means you're racing a class for Loretta Lynn's as well. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. You would have to, if yeah. you, if you signed up for the futures class, uh, then yeah, you'd, you either, I know there was some kids that were trying to get their pro license on these three West coast rounds to race the 250 East coast series. Oh, really? I, uh, I guess that would make yeah. some sense. So there was, there were some kids trying to do that. Um, 
I but definitely yeah, like this scenario exactly. better than just throwing amateur kids into random arena cross races and uh, having them kind of upset the apple cart that way. Because I, I think there was a, more than a couple of amateur kids that would come in and straight up win an uh, arena cross, and the arena cross guys are like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, it, I mean the arena cross. I think was uh, like they both have their goods and their bads. The arena cross was good because the track was gnarlier and. Uh, and you're racing against dudes that are racing for a paycheck, you know, like, uh, like you have Jace Owen and you had, um, shoot, I can't even think of Gavin Faith and like all those guys, like Chris Blows, like you got dudes that are out there literally like they're riding to put food on the table. And then you got this amateur kid that's coming in there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to try to get my points, you know? And, uh, so as far as that goes, like they were getting slammed around and like it was pretty gnarly. Um, whereas this is a little more controlled because they're all on the same level uh, as far as like pro experience. So um, they each have their good and their bad. And I think I think uh, after a few more of them, they'll start getting it figured out. And then next year, I think will be even better. Fair enough. So what what is your role? On um, on race day, on race weekends, leading up to those, making sure all of the uh, the eyes are dotted, T's are crossed, and uh, so w- what exactly is it that you uh, are in charge of uh, on a week to week basis with uh, the team as well as on uh, these special events, which uh, probably add uh, quite a bit to your plate. Yeah, uh, as far as me right now, because I'm still I'm still kind of like getting into it like i'm not fully submerged in it yet i'm still kind of like feeling it out but uh as of right now i'm i'm building both uh styles and sets race bikes um so anybody that we have riding a 250 i'm building their race bikes and then building uh new practice bikes for them and then as far as race weekend goes um just kind of overseeing both guys and then Styles has a mechanic that he brings with him. That's his normal practice mechanic that uh, I let him. He's really good. He does a good job. So I just kind of let him do his own thing on the race weekend, and he crushes it. And then Seth doesn't have a mechanic or anything, so um, I just kind of play the mechanic role for him and kind of oversee it all and then try to watch uh, the younger guys. If we got guys in other classes and stuff, try to watch their classes and if they want feedback give them feedback if they have issues with the bike or something help them out but um they're pretty self-sufficient the the kids on the little bikes they they got the programs pretty dialed in and then i try to keep the guys on the big bikes dialed in and that's pretty much it so back on the wrenches bolting things together and uh yeah like like, uh, how is it getting back in the trenches uh getting the uh the number 510 to the top step of the podium yeah it's uh it's fun it's different it's uh it's different going to the line in a stadium with without anybody in the stands and at night and um just on like a super relaxed uh playing field i guess you could say it's still i mean the animosity is not quite there yeah like i mean the bike obviously still got to be on point and i try hard to make sure my bikes are always to the best that they can be so um there's that but as far as like going to the line and stuff i always enjoy it and just kind of helping the rider get through stuff like 
telling him lines maybe he should try out and watching a race or two before and seeing how the tracks change from the last time they were on the track and just try to give them as much info as I can to try to help them do the best that they can do. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, and you've, you're certainly good at that. Been working. Uh, how long have you been uh, wrenching, uh, like, on professional bikes? What was that? How how long have you been working on? Uh, like, you you worked as a pro mechanic for a number of years. How long have you been uh, spinning wrenches uh, for for top flight riders like uh, uh, Josh Grant? I, I honestly, I probably can't even list all the guys you've worked for. Yeah, I I had four years total. Um, and then, so yeah, I had Tickle, Weimer, uh, JG, Bowers, um, and then like occasionally, uh, do like a race with Carmichael and, and, uh, Ivan Tedesco and stuff like that. So no I got I mean, in a, in a, yeah, in a short amount of time, I was thrown a lot of guys and, and got a lot of experience and, um, just kind of ran with it and then now it's tried to use everything that i learned to help these guys make that step into the pro ranks and make it to where they're not i mean they're going from our goal is to get them on pro circuit and like for there like as far as testing and racing like we expect them to go win there too so yeah just trying to get these trying to get them ready uh for this to be their job for the rest of their for the rest of their career you know like I want them to to do good and and make as much money and have as much fun in it while they can do it. So uh, yeah, just try to help them as long as much as I can. For sure, and uh, obviously this weekend uh, that's like the culmination of like or that's the kind of the coup de gras. What you guys look forward to? Um, both uh, both cowies on the top of the top step of the podium. Both cowies on the top step of both points. Uh, and a good chance that maybe yeah. uh, uh, Kawasaki leading all three championships um, by the time the the weekend's done in, in Minneapolis. Um, what does that do for overall uh, office morale when uh, the the Cowboys are clicking? It's good. Uh, as I mean, here at at Factory Cowboys, there's I mean you have financing and you got. Uh, tech services and there's there's like 300 employees that work here so it's not just the race team that is affected by it you know like you Mm -hmm. have people from upstairs and suit and ties that are like they're pumped on it and uh yeah just the whole warehouse and shop and everybody's in a better mood when when you're winning and and bike sales go up and just everything clicks when it's all going right so it's pretty sweet to have go one and two in the mud and then have Eli win it and I can't remember what Joey got but I'm pretty sure he was in the top 10 he was like eighth I think yeah I think um, he had a good day as well uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that although uh, happy about the wins and the uh, the good finishes you were uh, counting your lucky stars that you weren't scrubbing lime off of uh, everything on uh, on Sunday yeah. you were probably watching the Super Bowl yeah. thinking about those boys yeah, it was uh, it was a good race to be sitting on the couch watching it. That's for sure. Yeah. It's uh, those are the ones that you don't like. While it's happening, it's not bad. But yeah, that cleanup and everything afterwards is brutal. What uh, what was the 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 worst mud race that uh, you were a mechanic for? 
maybe Seattle last year, I guess. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, yeah, as far as Supercross, Seattle was definitely the worst one. Um, it's just, dude, like it with the lime and stuff. It it just makes takes your build day and just adds another two to four hours onto it, yeah. and it just makes it just makes for a long week, really. What what are some of the, like uh, when it comes to cleaning those like those nooks and crannies like what are some of the like tricks of the trade of getting in like do you guys have like small like Dremel tools that you like are able to like kind of clean with and stuff like that I can't even imagine what you guys are um, uh, like using to just get all of the like obviously you can go like li- like uh, lime bright and stuff like that or uh, aluma bright and stuff like that um yeah the aluminum but like like even for like hubs and stuff like that it would just be it looks like a nightmare yeah as far as if if anything's coated so if it's got a hard anodized on it or it's kashima coated or what it, if it's got some kind of coating on it you're not getting it out mm-hmm. like it's it stains it and the, the i mean the part's still fine um and you could you could still run it, but as far as how they want our bikes to look, I mean they want them to look like show bikes before they get raced, you know. So, yeah, no, for uh, sure. And and luckily, luckily being on a factory team, you have the budget to replace parts that are uh, stained out and ruined in that way. Um, but as far as anything that's raw uh, aluminum brightener, you can buy it at Napa. It. Uh, spray that on there and then the key is to using de- uh, deionized water because uh, it doesn't if you use the aluminum brightener with non-deionized water it'll turn all your parts brown oh you don't want that um, yeah so you got to be like if you're not using di water like you got to be super quick rinse it off and then you got to use like uh a soap that's in a very basic pH range um, to balance it out and then you have to clean it off really quick and then you have to dry the part really quick in order for it to not turn brown if you're not using DI water but if you're using DI water like you're good to really get after it and scrub it for a while um, so it's just a lot of little things like that that you kind of hmm. learn after a while of what you can use and what you can't use uh, who's one of the guys that, uh, or w- w- first of all, where do you get DI water? Uh, you can get it anywhere. Uh, okay. They just come in tanks. Uh, okay. Like, um, basically, shoot, I can't even remember the name of the company, but like you could just Google it, and there's uh, there's companies that they sell the tanks, um, and you can buy. There's a range of tanks that you can buy, like uh, in the semis and stuff. We have these big tanks that are basically like the size of big like oxyacetylene tanks right um and you hook those things up and they last for a while like that's what all the truck drivers use to wash their semis because it doesn't leave any water spots Ooh, fair enough yeah tricks of the so tree. you don't have to yeah so uh you don't have to dry anything like you can literally just spray it and let it sit and it won't leave any water spots so di water i mean if you're trying to be factory di water is the way to be factory Ooh, it's all about the water as well as the uh yeah. bright um and yeah you like get in there with the like just 
Um, the, you guys do an amazing job. I know that uh, Brandon Zimmerman, uh, not to say that your work isn't just absolutely top notch, but uh, I, I, he's yeah. been known, Brandon's been known to uh, kind of go over and above the Call of Duty to make sure that that 92 machine is uh, looking proper on race day. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, everybody everybody has like their their look that they're going for you know yeah um and there's and there's so many different processes that you can go about to get there um as far as sandpaper like i'm talking frame wise like because mm-hmm. he always does a really good job with his frame and his swing arm making it look really good so um there's a lot of different processes that you can use with sandpaper and scotch bright and sos and um i mean if I would be willing to bet that he spends an hour on his frame. Jeez. And then, like, I mean, that's pretty standard, though. Like, with a full aluminum frame like that, like, to make it look the way he does, you're spending a lot of time just with sandpaper, getting all the little scratches and nicks out of it, and then SOS pads and scotch bread pads, and you're just going through uh, different courses. Um, different coarseness of the scotch bright pads and stuff and get it down fine and then hit it with SOS and it makes it pop and bling and then you got yourself a show bike for next week. Boom. Uh, for for uh, one of those guys to just uh, send it off one of the triples and go ass over tea kettle and uh, it comes back looking not so showy, but you guys do an amazing job. <laughs> uh, I, can, I, I, I often think, and I posted it out about a week ago, um, the, the Phoenix... Uh, 2017 uh, factory Cowie of um, Josh Grant, where that thing, like he he OJ'd the quad. Oh. Uh, you you were, I remember I was bugging you about like like can I can I get an airbox? I think I literally did leave that day with your subframe, uh, or at least part yeah. of it. And uh, yeah, I, yeah think like, it was, I think it was broken half. But. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that like. After all of your uh, that time spent with the, the SOS pads, uh, what was the protocol? Do you recall all the things that you had to replace on it after that? I know bars for sure, but everything else. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, forks, triple clamps, bars, subframe, pipe, swing arm. Uh, I think the front wheel. Pretty much everything but the frame. The frame and the motor was saved, and then I swapped the frame in my next build uh, just because it was – she was pretty stretched out. She measured out uh, pretty far. So, um, that was a hard hit. It. So, yeah. oh, I don't know how we even raced that weekend. It was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, like that was a that was a tough one. Like that was uh, oh, and then and of course uh, that that was right in the midst of uh, of Eli having uh, like arm pump issues. And then what's wrong with Eli? And then that particular evening, I think he he put uh, fifteen seconds on everyone. So uh, you guys had yeah. reason to uh, to celebrate. But uh, no, that was good times. Uh, a, a fire drill on your part, but uh, I was Johnny on the spot to get the video. So oh yeah, no, you nailed it. That was. That was a a pretty perfect spot to get that on video, just to see how hard he hit. It was it was nuts. 
Yeah, I was literally yeah standing basically in the transition, like like next to the transition yeah. where he landed. Uh, so yeah, like because uh, I, I saw him quadding, like I I got to get a video of somebody quadding this thing because that looks cool. And Josh is someone who's gonna bust that out on press day. Um, yeah, he went probably four and five eighths, uh, and, uh, and and it didn't yeah, work out. Eight. So. Uh, yeah, if for anyone who hasn't seen that, go check that out on my Instagram. But uh, um, Travis, this has always been fun. I, I really enjoy uh, chatting with you. This has been uh, a good, uh, good opportunity for the two of us to uh, to catch up. I hope you had some fun. Oh yeah, always, man. Awesome. Well, uh, I really appreciate you giving us some time here on the Big MX Radio podcast. I think we're going to try and line up a couple of interviews with some of your uh, uh, like higher end. Uh, amateur guys, Styles Robertson as well as Seth Hamaker, that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But uh, um, always a pleasure to chat with you on the podcast, my friend. And uh, what what do the next few weeks look like for you? Uh, right now, I'm building Styles a bike uh, to go do um, a couple area qualifiers for Loretta's, and then I believe there's a Mammoth qualifier in there as well. So he's got like a pretty busy month ahead of him. Um, so building them that, and then, uh, just shipped out a bike to Florida for Seth, um, to go race Daytona. And then the next race that we'll have all the guys at and be full supported is going to be Freestone. So I got like six or seven weeks until, um, that. So yeah, just building motors, building bikes and, um, getting these guys dialed in. Awesome, man. Well, uh, glad to hear. I'll let you get back to the wrenches. Always a pleasure to have you here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The collective experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwix candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com.